worship God this morning. Worship it from your heart. 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 Tell him how beautiful it is. Tell him I am here this morning to meditate.
what is going to qualify you to sit down. So if I don't get your voice from here, you will continue to stand. Are we ready? Now shout hallelujah. Oh, you are waiting for me to shout for it so you can now continue from here.
Because this, we are just starting this exposition from today. But it is going to continue for the rest of this year, as much as God helps us. We are going to be bringing the Holy Spirit into literally every teaching. So that we can begin to experience Him more. And I promise you, it's a beautiful thing to experience the Holy Spirit. Hello. How many of us have had an encounter? You know, the Bible tells us that even prayer, even the prayer that you pray, if the Holy Spirit leaves you alone, do you know you don't know what to pray? Yes or no? Yes or no? Uh, you think prayer is easy. If I call some of you outside now to lead intercessory prayers, you will see that you will run out of prayer point after five minutes. Yes or no? Huh? Even when you are praying, you are wondering how is it possible for somebody to pray for one hour? Is it possible? Because if you start praying, by the time you pray for yourself, pray for your mother, pray for your father, your sister, maybe if you like Nigeria, you pray for the country Nigeria. Who else? I'm sure none of you will pray for things. People don't know how to pray for your leaders. Please pray for your leaders. You add that one to your list. What else remain? You see that in, in 10 minutes, your prayer is done. And then you come to church and somebody says, I prayed for three hours. I say, yeah, you are lying. Stop lying. You see, the, 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 the problem is that you've not learned how to tap into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes the Christian walk very easy. Hello? Makes it very easy. Makes it very easy. Some of the things you think you need to work hard for, work hard to make heaven, work hard. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, He does the work for you. Bible tells us, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then immediately, He follows the next verse. He says, for it is God that walketh in you, both to will and to do what he pleases. Do you know what that means? He says, for you to even desire to do what makes God happy, it is because God is already working in you. So, if God does not work in you, even the desire to do what is right, you will not have it. That is why you will struggle sometimes when you are trying to convince people. Ah, why, why is your life like this? Why are you not following God? Ah, are, you, are you happy with yourself? The person will tell you, I'm happy with myself. Praise <laughs> God. You are the one that is drinking paracetamol for him. The ability to even want to do better is already a sign that the Holy Spirit is closed. He says, For it is God that walketh in you, but to will and to do what he pleases. Ah. So, my assignment this morning, because we have a long journey before us, I am not going to spend so much time on the details. I want to introduce the Holy Spirit. And we're going to have more opportunities to look at him. Now, is someone excited? If you're excited, shout hallelujah. Genesis chapter 24. Now, because this is a class and we're working together, I am giving you your first assignment. Hmm? Don't worry, I used to be a teacher. I thought, well, well. I'm giving you.
reading of first assignment. And it's important, please. The chapter, Genesis chapter 24, is a very long chapter. It has about 68 verses, if I'm correct. 67, right? So it is very long. You will swear for me if I say that we'll read all of them now. Yes or no? Some of you say that this man came to punish us this morning. Is it not? So, but everything in that chapter is important to what I'm going to be saying this morning. And I don't know if that will permit us to, in fact, I'm sure we'll, that will not permit us to exhaust what we need to see. So we're going to pick this up again next Sunday. We're going to keep, you know, it, it, it will be surprising why I'm looking at Genesis to explain the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at it together. But more important than that, your assignment is that you will help me read Genesis chapter 24 between now and next Sunday. It's just one chapter. Hello? It's just one chapter. How many of us will do the assignment? Let me see your hands. No, raise your hands. I'll see you. Uh, so that if, if I see you on Sunday and I ask you, have you done? Raise your hand. I need to see the hand. Don't be shy. <laughs> Beautiful. So if I see you on Sunday, I ask you for the assignment and you say, I forgot, then I know you look for my trouble. Is it not? So, help me read Genesis chapter 24. We're going to start looking at it this morning, but I don't think we're going to finish. But I want us to be prepared because, you see, I, I, somehow, I enjoy it when I'm sure that this word of God is ending. You know why? It is only the word of God that is able to build a man up. I, I will tell you the truth. I will tell you the truth. Prayers is good, it's wonderful, but prayers work when there is a foundation of the word. Hello? If you finish praying and your answer comes and does not find capacity in you to sustain the answer, the answer goes back. Are you following me? The word, Paul was talking, he says, I commit you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. So it is important to me that you are not just sitting down as members. No, I'm not looking for just members. I'm looking for people that will pay attention and listen to this word of God. Let it enter. It is not possible that you, you dwell on the word of God and eat the word of God. Eh? The word of God sinks into your spirit and you remain the same. It's not possible. I can tell you for a fact. It's not possible. There are things that will change when you begin to get the revelation of God. Hello? So don't look at this thing like it's another religious activity. See, make it personal because you need to grow. You need to be better. You can't remain at the same place. So you're telling yourself, I'm going to make sure this JB is this. If, let me try it for one year. If it doesn't work for one year, I can go back to what I'm doing. Can we do that? Just try it for one year. Make sure that the word of God sinks into your spirit so much that you believe it. Let it not just be things that we recite in church. When you begin to believe some of these things, you see your mentality begins to reset. Hello? Hello? For instance, I started telling the people that were here earlier in the morning that the design of God is that you shall be the head only and not the tail. We've read that in a lot. Is that a new verse? Is this the first time you're hearing it? You've read it a lot. But how is it that nobody has sat down to ask themselves? See, God says I will be the head only and yet I write an exam and I fail. 
relate. It doesn't go together. So it means something. It is either God is a liar or you don't believe what he has said. Hello? Hello? Are you following me? I want you to take the word of God personally like this. Don't just look at it like uh, it's something that pastor said in church. No. Take it personally. If God said and you check it and you look at it in your Bible and indeed God said it, then it will be the head only and not the tail. And yet you go and write an exam and you fail. You can say, no, 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 no. This is not what I said. God, tell me now. Let us have a meeting. Call God for a meeting. He used to attend. Praise God. God attends meeting when you invite him. Say, come, come, come and explain this. If indeed you say I will be the head only, what is it that I did not do right? Or is it that you lied to me? And one thing I can assure you is that God is not a man as to that. Hello? And for you need to prove it for yourself. Don't take it because I told you. Eh? Prove it for yourself that God does not lie. Hello? Hello? Are we still together? Genesis chapter 24. Let's get into it. So we're going to start from verse 1. Uh, okay. So let's just read. Uh, maybe we'll get to verse 8 or so. We'll pause there and we'll continue. So I just want to introduce the story to you. It's a story that some of us probably know, but um, we'll still look at it. So Genesis chapter 24. Are we on there? Are we on there? We're going to read together. 3, 2, 1, go. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Both I pray thee thy hand under my car, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. For thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou, that thou bring not my son either again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house, and from the land of my kindred, and which spoke unto me, and swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And the woman, and if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, pay attention, then thou shalt declare from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the tie of Abraham his master, and swear unto him concerning that matter. Let's proceed. I know some people are already watching. Uh, where, where's the Holy Spirit in this thing we just read? Uh, how can you say we're talking about the Holy Spirit and we're reading about Abraham and his servants? You see, one thing I began to understand is that the things that happened in the Old Testament were typologies of the different manifestations of the activities of God. Hello? Hello? For instance, you remember in the wilderness when the snake was biting the children of Israel and they were dying. The Lord said to Moses to take a snake and put it on a pole eh, and lift it up. He says, I 
as you ought to eat, we are not dying. And then he came to the New Testament and said, For in the same way that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he says, In that same way the Son of Man has been lifted up, that as many that believe on him will not perish. So, the different things that happen, some of these things that we just read and call it Bible stories, they are typologies, they are representations of the activities of God in our dispensation. Which is why it is important that when you are studying the word of God, you also need the help of the Holy Spirit. You see that the Holy Spirit has a lot of work. I would have seen it. He has a lot of work in the life of the believer. If you just read the Bible as a book of stories, you will be very confused. Yes or no? There are many things that will look like it is contradicting itself. And that is why the Bible tells us that the letter kills, but the spirit gives what? Life. So, in this story, uh, I'm sure some of us know this story. How many of us know the story that we are looking at in Genesis 24? It's very long, so like I said, we're not going to go through all of it. But a time came when Abraham wanted to get a wife for Isaac. And he called his servant and said, we can't marry a wife from this place where we are. You need to go to my kindred, from people who are part of me, from people who are my blood. He says, you need to go there and find a wife for my son. And of course, the servant went on that journey. You're going to see that when you start doing your assignment. The servant went on that journey and prayed, and then a woman showed up, uh, and he asked God, the woman that will not just offer to give him water, but also give water to my camels. He says, that woman is the one that I will know is you. And then the woman showed up. Her name was what? What was her name? What was her name? Uh, let me know people that read their Bibles. So the woman was Rebecca. She showed up. And the servant asked her for water. And she gave the servant water and also water the camel. And the servant was excited. He followed her home, gave her lots of gifts. And told the parents, you, uh, there's somebody very, very important that uh, needs to marry, right? He's not with me, but he is a very wonderful man. He's very handsome, he's fine, he has money, his father has given him everything, so he's rich. You know, women like men that have money, Shabby. It's not today that he started. So the servant had to tell, uh, he's rich, he has money. You see, when you're in the story, it was one of the first things he introduced. He said, yeah, uh, and the servant of Abraham is a very big man, and he has a sword that he has given everything he has. So now he tells you that the sword is also a big man. I said, and he wants a wife. So he finished all that um, introduction, and they called the girl and said, eh, with everything you have heard, do you want to follow this man? And she said, ah, I'm happy already. Praise God. You, you know, there are some men in Nigeria that are struggling and toasting baby, and the baby is not agreeing. But well, there's a man abroad, another man abroad, he just has money, the girl has not even seen him. Once he just says that he's abroad, he says, which country? Say, US or Canada. Say, okay, what does he do? Hey, he's a big man here. Don't worry, I'm going to marry him. Uh, and you, that, the girl has to see you every day. She has not agreed for you. Praise God. The Lord will change your story this year. <laughs> so, she said, yes, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to get married. And they went. And that was how they took Rebecca to Isaac. I've just summarized that chapter when I'm still going to read it. Now, how does this relate to the Holy Spirit? 
God began to make the connections of this to heaven. Because Jesus also started to touch on this in Matthew chapter 22. When you go to Matthew chapter 22 from verse 1, Jesus began to say, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a king that prepared a marriage feast for his son. So the kingdom of heaven is in the same picture as Abraham that wanted his son to get married. That is the same structure that the kingdom of heaven has. And in this story, Abraham represents God the Father. I want my son to get a bride. Jesus represents Isaac. The son of Abraham, the son of God. The Holy Spirit is this servant that was sent to go and prepare the bride and bring the bride to the son. Are we together? Is it making sense? And then who is the bride? Who is the bride? And who is the bride? And somebody says the church, correct. So who is the church? Who is the church? They came to child Rebecca is the same way the Holy Spirit comes to child you. Well, you, you, you see, the problem is that many of us don't realize that the Holy Spirit has been checking us. And you just you don't sleep anyhow. But you, you, when something goes wrong, you don't be like, ah, something was telling me I should not go there. How many of us? Something was telling me I should not go there. I just did not listen. Now, 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 see what has happened. The Holy Spirit was all the while talking to you. Say, please, if you know, as a bride of God, I don't want you to break your leg. Don't go where they'll cut your leg. As a bride of God, I don't want you to get in trouble. Please. And so that is the, the, what that story represents in summary. I'll just summarize it. We're still going to go into details and look at it. That's what the story tells in summary of a father in heaven who sent out his servant to go and prepare a bride and advertise him to the bride. Hello? And then bring the bride back to the son. So, Abraham asked God the father I want to look at each of those characters one by one. But remember, our focus is the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to waste time on any of the other characters. I just want us to build the story so that by the time we are getting to the Holy Spirit, you begin to understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Because without this servant, you will find out that the rest of the story will be meaningless. Because without the servant, there will be no bride. Hello? Hello? So, Abraham as God the Father. Let's go back to that Bible text, Genesis chapter 24. Okay, uh, looking at the time we have left, I may not even be able to go too far because I really want to keep to time. But the beautiful thing is that this is a series. So, uh, wherever we stop today, we continue from there. We'll keep looking at this until it gets in. So, there's no hurry in this. 
The important thing is that you are learning it. Praise God. Now, Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. That was the introduction we had for Abraham. Praise God. The Bible tells us that Abraham already had everything, just like God. God already has everything. The psalmist began to ask, What is evil man that you are mindful of him? Why is human being so important? Because God has everything. Why are you bothering with man? But we begin to see the answer to that question here. As much as Abraham had everything, he knew that his son needed a bride. Hello? He knew that his son needed a bride. So he called unto the servant and said, Please go and take a wife unto my son. And there were two conditions for that statement. He said, Number one, you will not take a bride from among the Canaanites with whom I dwell. You will see that in verse 3. And then in verse 8, there was a second condition. In verse 8, he said, And if the woman, are we looking at it together? Are we looking at it together? And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt declare from this my oath. What does that tell us? No matter how desperate God is for a bride for his son, there are two things he will not do. He will not take a bride from outside the kingdom of heaven. And number two, he will not take an unwilling bride, even if that bride is found in the kingdom. Hmm. Are you listening to me this morning? No matter how desperate God is for a bride, he will not take a bride from outside the kingdom and he will not take an unwilling bride. He says, if by the time you finish doing all these things and you get there and the bride refuses to follow you, he says, you are free. You know, some of us think we are doing God a favor by being believers, by walking in his house. He says, no, 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 no. God loves a cheerful gift. It's not just for light and offering. If you are not doing whatever it is you are doing for God, out of love and because you want to do it for God, out of your willingness, that is not, it's not an acceptable service to God. Praise God. Praise God. You will see, even in that parable that Jesus himself was telling, when he was describing this same scenario, in Matthew 22, he says, even after the king had invited people to the marriage feast of the Lamb, someone came in, and that person was not wearing the wedding garment. And he says, no, even though I am the one that said invite everybody, but you are looking like they forced you to come here. Please, you can go back. Praise God. Praise God. I don't have so much time because our goal is to get to where the Holy Spirit is. But there is a lot in this passage and that's why I beg you, please go and read this Genesis 24. So that by the time I come back we come back to this next Sunday uh, we are just going to run very fast because all of us are going to be on the same page. Eh? You will be the fact I may even call somebody to come and preach. When I talk one verse, I'll call someone to come and talk about the second verse. Uh, how many of you will support me? Aha, beautiful. I like that. Praise God. So let's be prepared. Let's be prepared. Let's read this thing. Right? So, God the Father, we 
will not take an unwilling bride and he will not take a bride from outside the kingdom. Who is the second character in the story? The second character is Rebecca. Rebecca represents the church that have been called out to be the bride of Christ. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, he says, for you are a chosen generation. He says you are a royal priesthood. He says you are a peculiar people, a people for his own. That we show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are called out to be the bride of Christ. Can someone get me 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2? 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Yes, is someone there? 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2. For I am jealous over you. With godly jealousy. With godly jealousy. Because I have engaged you, I have espoused you, I have given you as spouse to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, can you close your eyes and picture the Holy Spirit saying this to you? The Holy Spirit says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. That is the reason why I am, I am taking time to make sure that you are listening to this message. I don't want you to make a mistake. And the reason for this is because I have engaged you, I have espoused you to a husband. So that I might deliver you as a bride to Christ. Do you know it is the Holy Spirit that engages a believer on behalf of the groom? We will, you will see it in this story when you start reading it. You will find that the servant, when he saw Rebecca, what did he do? He took a ring and put on her finger. Praise God. It is the Holy Spirit that engages the bride for the groom. And then he carries the bride and presents the bride to the groom. He says, I am jealous over you because I have engaged you. So we are engaged to Christ already. I'm going to round up here. I'm rounding up already because we're going to pick it up next Sunday. We are engaged to Christ already. Ephesians 4 verse 13 tells us that it is by the Holy Spirit that we are sealed. So we are engaged to Christ. But then we have a second level of work to do. We have to choose Christ every day. How do I know this? If you follow me again to that Genesis 24, verse 53, they called Rebecca and asked her, after the man had done the engagement and said all these things, they asked her, do you want to follow these people? And she said yes. And that was the only time that that marriage could work. This is the note on which I want to stop this morning. It is one thing that the Holy Spirit is checking you but it is another thing that you must choose Christ. You are going to have several opportunities to choose God this year. People are going to present several options to you. Hello? But you remember that you have been espoused to one husband. 
That's what 2 Corinthians was reminding us. It's the Holy Spirit reminding us. You've been engaged to a husband. You've been engaged to a husband and the purpose is so that you can be delivered to Christ. Have you been blessed this morning? 